Hello, mamas, and welcome to Bump to Mum, a podcast that has been created by me, Emma Coxhead, after the birth of my son, Louis. I realized that there was so much to learn, and it's hard to know where to start. Comfort came from me to speaking with other mothers and parents, and this is where Bump to Mum was born. Bump to Mum is a platform to share conversations we have with other parents, learn from experts in their field, ask questions, find answers, share experiences, and laugh and cry along the way as we try to navigate the maze of which is motherhood. Hello, I'm currently sitting here in my dressing gown recording this introduction. It's Monday of the Labour Long Weekend. It's been, I mean, just two really beautiful sunny days here in Tauranga. Um, we've just loved being outside, doing some spring cleaning things, um, going for lots of walks, getting to the beach. It's just been so, so good. So I hope wherever you are, you've also enjoyed a long weekend. Um, for a lot of people, that means an extra day of double parenting, which I know I really look forward to. Um, even though, you know, Monday's a day that I don't normally work, it still feels like a special day we get Luke round for another day of the week so it's super nice. This week's episode is, I loved it, it was really really fun. Um, I spoke with Sam Charlton also now known as Sam Charles. Sam is the mum to twin boys Freddie and Louie who are nine months old. She's a registered nutritionist, she's played for the women's black sticks team She's an Olympian and she's currently training with the Black Six Women again, hoping to qualify for the Paris Olympics next year. So this is a chat where we just cover so much. So I honestly believe that there's so many mothers, parents, friends that are just going to love hearing this chat. Sam talks us through her journey to becoming pregnant. Um, They actually had a couple had a round of freezing eggs um, after just after just doing a few tests and realising her fertility is not where she had thought it would be. Um, and we then talked through finding out she was pregnant with twins, what her pregnancy was like, what the birth was like, and Sam shares with us um, that she had a caesarean and what that recovery from the caesarean was like for her because it became as it was quite a shock for her, and so she really wanted to open up and share about what that really did look like. Um, and she also just shares with us what it is like to be a twin mum. What was her fourth trimester? What does sleep look like? What does getting out of the house, doing things, um, all those sorts of things that if you've not had multiples, it kind of just makes you think like, wow, how do they do it? So she tells us how they do it. Um, we also talked through Sam's return to high-performance sports. So obviously, giving being pregnant, giving birth, having a cesarean, what recovery looked like, and how she did start easing herself back in um, to now be at a point where she's back playing high-performance sport. I also snuck in a few nutrition-related questions just because Sam is a nutritionist and I thought I would seize the opportunity. We talked through, I guess... Um, nutrition for mamas who are breastfeeding Um, and on that note actually we talk about Sam's breastfeeding journey as well Um, but we also talk through her journey to starting solids with the boys. This actually had me laughing out loud because yeah let's just say solids was not what Sam thought it would be initially Um, and she gives us a very honest take on how solids looks for her family, how she preps, um, some tips for snacks, all those sorts of things so it was really fun. 
Sam is an open book. She was so honest about everything, and I really, really love that. Um, we have some laughs, and it was just... It was so much fun um, reflecting on it now. I just really enjoyed this conversation. I think you will too. So I'm going to let you get into this week's episode. I'm going to go enjoy the last day of my long weekend. I am going to do a Louis update in the coming weeks on one of the episodes. I'm just let you know how things are going with us at the moment. But for this week, I'm off to enjoy my long weekend. So enjoy, mamas. Hey, Sam. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Thanks, Em. Um, so my name's Sam. I am 32 years old and so is my husband, Marcus. Um, I'm originally from Tauranga, but we live in Auckland uh, with our two little twin boys, uh, Freddie and Louie. Oh, so cute and great names. Obviously, big fan of the names. <laughs> Those are cute names. Yeah. <laughs> Another little Lou, yeah. <laughs> Another little Lou. Um, and tell us, so before being becoming a mum to twin boys, what did life look like for you? What did you do for work, hobbies, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I've been a little bit, I don't know, not all over the show, but I've done probably a bunch of different things throughout my 20s. I think the majority of those 10 years, I was playing hockey for our um, New Zealand women's team, the Black Sticks. Um, and yeah just really quite um into that it took up most of my time but kind of on the side like tried to make sure that other things in my life were sort of flowing as well so I studied nutrition at university and uh work as a registered nutritionist so right before the boys I had had a break from hockey and I had done a year of work at my food bag oh cool and where are you at at the moment with motherhood hockey work like what where, what what's happening in your world at the moment I'm, i can only imagine it's busy with two how old are the boys now they are nine and a half months it's a busy busy kind of age they're probably starting to get super mobile so what's kind of happening in your motherhood world at the moment yeah i was kind of reflecting on this the other day because and i would say that like the word i kind of came up with was like it's this massive crossroads right like the boys are starting to get super fun and you get really excited for them to kind of like hit their next, I don't know, milestones, I suppose. So like you get excited for them to move and crawl. And then as soon as they're crawling, you're like, oh no, sit down, you know, like they get (laughs) so busy when they can move. So um, really a really fun age and particularly with twins, uh, it's like kind of an age where they're starting to realize that they've got one another and they can play by themselves for like periods of time. They like love laughing with each other. They're always kind of like babbling in their cots together. So it's like a real, real cool time um, to kind of see them really like start to understand that they're there for one another, which is super cool. Um, but it's it's funny. I think like often now is a time where lots of um, nuns start to think about going, you know, back to work or um, in my case, I'm kind of dipping my toes back into hockey first. But it's a bit of a funny time because it's like the time where they start to get like fun and have personalities and you've been like flogging away with like the feeds and the sleeps for six months and then you kind of you know like starting to miss out on that fun stuff so yeah I'm finding it like a real interesting time because yeah I think things just start to change for the better but then you start to kind of crave time away from them as well and it's a real sort of juxtaposition. So so true I know what you mean and I feel like there's no perfect balance and you start having those feelings of like oh I want I want some time away but then when you get the time away you're like missing 
missing them. So it's like, how do you kind of balance it between, I don't know, yeah, like the the going back to work or back to whatever it might be, and then yeah, you don't want to miss out on all these cool things that they start to learn and do, and but they start becoming little people as well. Um, on the on the twin side of things, what was pregnancy like for you with twins like how was it finding out I would love to know I guess what that (laughs) journey was for you yeah I mean for context twins their boys aren't identical so they're fraternal twins which typically is one uh, the type of twins that runs in families but as far as we know we don't have twins in our families so it was a huge old shock for us like I went for a really early um a really early dating scan because I'd had some um like quite bad cramping and some bleeding and to be honest I thought I was actually preparing myself for kind of like almost the opposite news that the pregnancy wouldn't be viable and I had to go in by myself because it was COVID time so I remember my sister drove me to the appointment and I was in there kind of like preparing for the worst because I had been feeling really uncomfortable um, and the lady was there like fiddling around for ages and I thought oh no like something's not right here yeah. um, and then she said she said to me okay um, so there's there's two facts here and me being like pretty naive I just was kind of like oh, okay and she's like do you know what that means love and I said no no idea <laughs> and she was like twins and I was like fuck off and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry for swearing at you but like this is just not what I was expecting and then yeah it was just like a bit of a roller coaster from there in terms of like a twin pregnancy I feel like I was super lucky like I know that lots of um lots of mums who carry twins have like you know like really really bad uh, morning sickness or they just feel super uncomfortable because obviously you've got like two babies growing in there but to be honest, aside from being ginormous at the end of my pregnancy, I reckon I was pretty lucky. Like, I felt a little bit nauseous, a little bit of like your classic kind of hip pain, but on the whole, I felt okay and I was able to keep like really mobile and super active. So, yeah, I really I count myself lucky. That's amazing. And do you like, you're a obviously you play high performance sport. Like, were you able to keep? training or exercising throughout your pregnancy with the boys yeah I it was kind of a bit of a funny time like again if I kind of go back before I fell pregnant with the twins I had taken a year off from that kind of high performance environment after the Mm. Tokyo Olympics um Mm. real long story short I got quite sick during that year and decided to like look into my fertility before I was keen to decide whether I was going to keep playing and Mm. Turns out I had a really low AMH, which is not like a super predictable um, measure to kind of tell you how hard or easy it's going to be to conceive, but knew my window was like just way shorter. So, yeah, we decided actually to like go through the egg freezing process initially, and it was actually in between my two rounds of egg retrieval that I fell pregnant. And so Mm. I had been out of, yeah, (laughs) A bit of a wild one. And initially, I thought that was why I had twins. I was like, surely it's because of the medication. But all of my doctors assure me that's not the case. I'm like, no, no, that is the case. I try and tell them otherwise. But they're like, we're the doctors here. That's not why. Um, So, yeah, I'd kind of been out of that high-performance space for a little while. But I hadn't retired. And I definitely knew in the back of my mind that I perhaps wasn't quite finished with it. So Mm. I wasn't, like, hard out training. I did no hockey or anything like that. but I'm a pretty like I like to lead a reasonably active lifestyle so I mean right up until the last couple of weeks 
with the boys I could still be in the gym or just like on the cross trainer on the bike like definitely not super high intensity but yeah I, I felt really really lucky that I was able to keep moving my body that's yeah that's incredible because I even think about like I had one baby in my tummy and near the end I was really like how like it's just twins just like multiples blow my mind so I'm just like there's like it's it's and you did you go like full like twin full term like did you how was that and then birth and I'm so intrigued yeah so with fraternal twins the risk of carrying later is like typically lower so if you've got identical mm -hmm. I don't think they let you go much past like 34 or 36 weeks mm -hmm. um, just because it's a bit more complex when they share the sets of the placentas but the boys had own sets own placentas so it's like they're just like two little babies doing their own thing in there which yeah. is bizarre but yeah we were really my obstetrician his goal was to get me to 37 weeks which we did and then um, I kind of had to decide whether like it's not uncommon for twin mums to elect to have a cesarean um, mm -hmm. for many, many different reasons. I actually, the boys were both head down in the weeks leading up to that 37 week mark. So I had the mm -hmm. option to have a vaginal birth, which I was like really stoked about, but also it almost made it harder because I had a decision to make where I was like almost just wanted someone to like decide for me, like what was the best way to do this. Um, but yeah, we just decided to give it a go. I got induced at 37 and two. Um, and yeah, the birth went like, it was honestly quite chill for the most part. Again, like one of the things that they recommend, like really strongly recommend with a twin birth is having quite an early epidural just because um, it's obviously pushing out two babies is yes. fucking exhausting. I imagine yes. I actually didn't get to do it in the end. And so they just like to make sure you've actually got the energy to be able to do that. But also if twin one comes out, sometimes twin two, like he's already, he's all of a sudden got like all of the space and they can kind of like zip around and move around. So they sometimes need to like manually manipulate their position so that they can come out, which if you didn't yeah. have an epidural on board, like, I think good luck to you but oh. I got to nine centimeters and ended up in an emergency cesarean so oh. we didn't quite get there which is a bit of a shame but they were both um yeah they were both completely fine when they came out so that was good oh and, and I mean that's the the main thing at the end of the day isn't it like I think <clears> one thing I've kind of taken from birth is like you can have the best intentions and a plan but like until you're there and you know like things change so quickly you kind of just have to roll with it like I'm like I don't even think I would have a birth plan next time I just felt let's just see what happens like it's and oh, totally. well. like wowza what yeah, um and I'm I'm such an a-type personality as well like I would yeah. I would have probably had like a real um not strict plan but like a real kind of way that I wanted to do things if I only had one baby but there was something about having both of them that like really helped me just surrender to the like what will be will be which I think yeah did wonders for my personality for sure yeah and so babies arrive you've got Freddie and Louie what was your fourth trimester like with the boys what was breastfeeding sleep like yeah how did that look for you and Marcus um it was chaotic <laughs> um I feel like, like when I, think like, <laughs> I would be lying if I said it was easy you know and it's not to scare yeah. anyone out there that's like 
maybe having having um, twins on the way. But I kind of, when I think about the fourth trimester, I almost think there was like three really distinct different parts where they all had like really different experiences. So for the start, like we spent four nights in hospital after the boys were born. Unfortunately, we didn't get to go to birth care. Um, and <clears throat> again, long story short, like that hospital stay wasn't, a particularly positive one for either of us we just felt like um it was over like public holidays and I don't know whether this kind of played into it but we didn't really kind of feel like we had the help that we needed for two babies and a mum who was recovering from a cesarean I unfortunately mm-hmm. like really struggled with the with the recovery from birth and so for the first honestly probably like week or 10 days I was quite immobile like I really struggled to move around and so mm. in the hospital it was like Marcus was almost looking after three three patients with like oh intermittent help from nurses and stuff that were there so that was a bit of a crazy time and it wasn't until we realized that because you don't realize what you can do in the first like 12 hours but once we realized we could actually just get someone to come in and help us like my mum and my sister um into the hospital like that made a, a really big difference Mm. um and I think that was that was just so different than what I thought it would be like like I think I remember listening to like lots of birth stories and people talking about that time after birth and always getting the advice of you know like be really protective of that newborn bubble right like Mm. be um like have that time to yourself like don't get visitors too quickly and I being the kind of person I am like I do really like my own space and so I thought that would be us I was like okay cool we'll just like have the boys and then maybe after a few days we'll get grandparents in etc and I kind of wish I'd been way more open or like in the know that we'd need help straight away and so immediately that time looked so different it was the same when we went home um after four days like we just had this like rotating door of helpers which is so not what I thought that space mm. looked like but we so needed it and mm. in hindsight it was actually such a beautiful time like for our grandparents and siblings and stuff like they got to spend um really like precious time with the boys and kind of bond with them in those early days and just really provide the support that Marcus and I needed another mm. thing that happened in that first probably like 10 to 12 days and this, like I honestly think this changed the next 10 weeks for us so um, my really good friends, our really good friends, the boys' godparents actually, um, Tim and Rachel, they have three boys themselves, so they're like well-versed in, you know, parenthood and multiple, having multiple boys running around. They they came to the hospital on the last day and they like helped us pack all of our stuff in the car and kind of get the boys in the car. Like I could honestly still barely walk when I left the hospital, like I was just really struggling. Um, and they drove us home and they said, look, um, we are going to stay the night tonight Marcus you're going to go to sleep and you're going to sleep for as long as you can whether that's like six hours eight hours ten hours whatever it is you're not getting up to help with the boys at all Sam you're going to pump so I um couldn't feed the boys at that stage but I was pumping and expressing they're like you're going to pump but you're not going to worry about any of this resettling like we're going to do that they're like take it from us if you can just get like you're so far on the back foot like when we left the hospital we were just so physically and mentally tired and broken particularly Marcus they were like if you can just get like not on the front foot because like one night of sleep isn't going to do that but yeah just like further off the back foot it will re- like we promise you it's going to like we promise you it'll help 
and we were just like so tired we were like yeah okay sure <laughs> um and so they stayed that night they actually they zipped home and got dinner and the other thing they'd done when they dropped us off which we didn't realize is like surveyed the area and just like quickly figured out everything we didn't have whether that was like things mm. to help me in and out of chairs like tables like solid pillows a bottle warmer because we were using bottles which we didn't expect like they just like looked at everything it honestly took them two hours they came back in they like put all this stuff everywhere my mother-in-law was there at the time and she was just like whoa like this is incredible they yeah. like set up our house and then they stayed the night so they gave Marcus some sleep and I genuinely like think if we didn't have that like 24 hours with them there the next two weeks would have just been like playing catch up all the time on like stuff mm. and sleep and all that kind of thing so yeah just so bloody blessed to have um friends like that that just knew exactly what we needed at that time oh it's given me goosebumps that is literally yeah. like the sweetest thing that anyone could do for new parents like and the fact that you were so both so sleep deprived you've got two babies to look after and you're recovering <laughs> and like to just actually have people come in and not say oh can we help you it's like actually this is what we're doing we know what you need we like we've been here before and isn't that just amazing oh absolutely like and we feel like so lucky that we all kind of felt comfortable for that to happen because I know yeah. that like it's not easy just to walk into someone's home and like rearrange everything and tell them to go to sleep but yeah like <laughs> so so grateful and appreciative to have friends like that um so yeah that 10 days was like chaotic but like amazing for all of our family to be around and then Marcus was really lucky he got 12 paternity uh weeks of paternity leave from work which again wow. I think with like having twins I don't know how he would have coped without that and so yeah. leave um right at the start for like pretty much jam through to like mid-feb so we got six weeks together to just like figure out what the heck we were doing you know like how did we how do we feed them how do we sleep them like what are these little boys like like how do we get out of the house and so yeah again so lucky that I had Marcus to help me through that and then that obviously ended and then I suppose those last couple of weeks with my fourth trimester was me at home being like okay how do I do this by myself now yeah how do you do it with two by <laughs> like how like oh. bottles settling like how yeah you just you just have to figure it out I'm guessing like I that mean, would be yeah hard. you do yeah, you do. I think bottles was a little bit of a blessing for us. I couldn't feed the boys. I turned. I thought I had like um, flat nipples, but it turns out they were actually like inverted. So yeah. I couldn't feed them without. Yeah, crazy. Eh? I couldn't yeah. feed them without nipple shields, and so um, trying to double, trying to tend and feed two babies with nipple shields was like it was just a disaster. Like if one shield fell off, I had no hands to help put it back on because I was holding the other baby and it was just like a very unenjoyable and real chaotic experience when I tried to do it at the start with the health of a lactation consultant and we decided to bottle feed them and it was like the best decision we made I unfortunately felt like I needed to justify it for like way too long you know people would ask and I'd be like oh we're doing this because of this but like now I have no qualms and just saying it was definitely the best decision for us it just meant that like yeah. other people could, could come around and feed the boys it meant that grandparents could be there and us and I could just pop out for a coffee for half an hour and they could feed them so so lucky and it just it made it a lot easier I think when I started to be by myself you kind of get the hang of like 
putting them in the twin feeding pillow and like holding the bottles up and like yeah it's 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 not easy but I think from really really early on we just decided that we're trying to keep them on like the same schedule as much as possible which for anyone that knows babies like (laughs) schedules don't really exist so I don't know maybe we're a bit naive and thinking we could do that but I think that's the way that most twin parents do they're like okay if you're hungry you're also getting fed if you're tired you're probably going to go to sleep you know like the other ones kind of just got to follow so unfortunately yeah that's just oh it's so funny how isn't it like with the whole breastfeeding thing like it's one of the first things that people ask you when you have a new baby is like and how's feeding going and you feel this like pressure I guess that I I mean I think it's getting better but there is still this kind of like you know oh if if you're breastfeeding things are going well but it's like oh but if I'm bottle feeding things are still going well they're still fed and they're growing so what why does it matter how feeding's going you know it's just such a a funny question to ask now I think a hundred percent and it often is like especially in those early days it's one of the first questions that so many people ask you and I think a lot of people ask me probably because they were intrigued by the fact there was two babies and thinking like how on earth does this lady do this you know like does she feed them at the same time is she swapping like yeah so I think it's more like for me it was probably more of an intrigue thing but I do I have noticed that it's like such a common question that people ask and I suppose people ask because they want to be like supportive and that if it's not going well to like reassure them but it definitely I think for like new mums who perhaps don't have like the confidence or you just don't have that like experience yet to know that like doesn't bloody matter how they're fed then you do kind of feel like you need to justify yourself if you're not breastfeeding I definitely felt like that for, for way too long and even like I reckon that's probably what kept me pumping for too long too like I expressed and pumped fully for nearly four months which in hindsight just added so much more stress to the day particularly when I was by myself so yeah I really I wish that I'd had like the confidence to be like you know what we're just going to use some formula because that's going to make everyone's life easier yeah and just because I'm even thinking like like the pumping while Marcus was home was probably a little bit easier but then once you're home with the boys by yourself and you're having to sit there and pump but then you've got two babies that like that's just you know like how it's so yeah that's and that's exactly where things started to take not a turn but like yeah I have real vivid memories of like um I remember there was one time where they were both starving and because there was two babies like my supply was always really good like I had heaps of milk but there's two babies and they're both hungry and so I never kind of got like a massive freezer stash up because I was you know I can't really produce more than like two liters a day like so much milk and so I we were at the point where I felt like we were constantly pumping for the next feed or the second next feed which was just quite a stressful position to be in and I remember coming home from taking the boys out one day and I had I don't know what had happened like maybe someone had spilt the milk or we'd just run out and they were both hungry because you know when they grow in those first couple of months you think you're you think you know when they're going to be hungry and then they surprise you and you're like gosh I need some milk and they were both like kind of screaming at me so I had to put them both in the bounces I had both feet going on both bounces at the same time and just kind of singing to them and like pumping just like willing my milk to come out quicker and like I I can laugh looking back now because like what what a size I was like god I hope a Korean man doesn't turn up but like (laughs) At the time, I probably should have taken that as a hint to be like, okay, sweetie, like, you need some help, like, get a formula feed in there so you can just get ahead. But 
you know, like your pride or I don't even know what it was, like gets the better of you and you just think, no, no, I can do it, I can do it. But yeah, there was definitely times where like that was just, we should have, we should have changed tact way, way earlier. It's, why, it's so funny when you're saying that and I'm laughing and it's not, you know, like I'm sure at the time it was so sad, but I'm just like, we just put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything a certain way. But like, yeah, it's like, now you look back on that and you're like, I could have just given them a bottle of formula and like taken so much stress off myself, like rather than sitting there being like, oh my God, milk, hurry up and come out. Because like, oh, also, exactly. sometimes there's nothing in there. <laughs> well, you know, not exactly. much. <laughs> and like they'd, had for- like they'd had to have formula in the hospital because my milk doesn't come in straight away and they used all of my express colostrum. But it wasn't like they hadn't had it before. And yeah, I just, once I finally made the decision to just like pull back on the pumping, do it less times per day and eventually get rid of it, I then realised that like the times between when they were like sleeping and feeding that I could actually just sit down and like have some food. Whereas, yeah, I was just mm. on a, a bit of a hamster wheel for way too long. Mm. And looking at like your, you mentioned the recovery from the cesarean for you was, was really hard. How did that kind of thing go for the kind of next few weeks and months that you were home because you're back playing high performance sport within a year so I'm like completely (laughs) that's so amazing but like how how was that recovery from the cesarean for you and and how did you kind of start to start moving your body again yeah I mean I have look I I where I am now I'm super like super proud of and super happy to be here but it definitely wasn't like a a fast track for me to be here going back to the cesarean and I'm always like a bit I don't know I I get a bit funny about sharing it because you don't want to scare people that are like maybe going to have a cesarean Mm. or um, have that in their plan but when I look back I kind of wish I knew that you know some people did struggle more than others at the time I'd only Mm. honestly heard of people who like had been like, oh, it's definitely not as bad as it, as you think it's going to be. And even my midwife during my labour, or it might have been when I was just about to go for a cesarean, was like, don't worry. Like, she's like, honestly, oh, so you'll be up and walking in three days. You'll be driving in three weeks. Like, really don't worry about it. And so mm-hmm. naturally I didn't. But then when things were way more uncomfortable than I expected, that was when I was a bit like, okay, well, why is it like this? Like, is it normal? I think to give some context, when I was sick, before I um, fell pregnant with the boys, I have like a few autoimmune things that mean that mean I can't take um, some of the medication that they usually give. So I think ultimately that was why I did struggle a little bit with the recovery because I couldn't have all of the medication. But yeah, I just like was so immobile and found it really painful and got so swollen and I hadn't swelled at all during my pregnancy and when I was leaving the hospital I could barely put my feet in my croc which I think gives gives some context for how massive I was like it was just wild and it was probably not until like I honestly think it maybe took me like a week to 10 days before I was walking just around the block I had to sleep on the couch like almost upright when I first got home because I just felt super uncomfortable being laid flat and yeah. yeah, I think I I think it's important to share that not not to like scare people, but to know that like if you're someone who has one and you do struggle with it, that like it is normal and that does happen, and that mm. maybe you know like just as a backup, have some extra help on hand. Like because if I hadn't mm. had grandparents or siblings or something, then we definitely would have struggled. So 
I think it's nice just to have a bit of a a bit of a like back plan just in case you know your recovery isn't as smooth as lots of other people's are yeah um and then yeah I was real slow like I I honestly just probably walked for like six weeks um and still like at that five or six week mark I'd go for a big walk and feel like just quite sore through my abdomen and you forget that it's like major surgery like Mm. we just talk about it like it's a cesarean like because so many people have them but when you think about it in the context of what's happening like they're cutting through layers and layers and layers of your skin so like Mm. I don't know if we sometimes give it the I don't know the respect it deserves in terms of like really making sure you rest and recover um yeah and then like that's the other piece is like normally after a major surgery like that you would get to rest but when you've got newborn babies you don't get to just sleep and rest like you're you're having to feed through the night and you kind of don't get to properly like how you would normally rest after an operation and recover exactly I've had my knee operated on I think I like I could still walk after that and I was sweet but I reckon I I got more help (laughs) with my knee you know like cups of tea bought to me and all those sorts of things but yeah I just tried to take it real slow like again I kind of knew that I wanted to try and play hockey again but I definitely wasn't rushed um and getting back to that and I saw a pelvic health physio when I was six weeks postpartum and she was like, yep, cool, you can start some, like, mat Pilates and stuff like that. And to be honest, it took me, like, another week to even do it because I couldn't find the bloody time to do a session <laughs> between the boys. <laughs> I was, like, so pumped. And then it was, like, a week later, I was like, fuck, I still haven't done my bloody Pilates. And, like, you, yeah, I'm such a stickler for getting workouts done. So, yeah, it was slow, and I just tried to take it real easy and just, like, same with running. I like honestly started by just when I was walking with the pram, I'd just do like a little 20 seconds of jogging, kind of see how that felt. And yeah, just took that really, really slowly. And then so once you kind of started feeling better, at what point did you kind of say, okay, actually, I want to start like training again? Yeah, so I got to the point where like I was feeling a little bit more like myself, but definitely not completely. And I went along to like some club sessions just more to just kind of like connect with um, my team and just sort of see how it was all going and mm. yeah I kind of just started to like fiddle around a bit more with my hockey stick and then before I knew it like we were shorts and players for the weekend and I was playing a game which in hindsight was definitely still too early I think I was like maybe just four months postpartum and I definitely I was like turning like a cruise liner like I did not feel zippy and zappy to be on the hockey field but that's okay like it was nice to be out there um and then I kept in contact a little bit with some of my black six coaches uh towards later stages of my pregnancy and they kind of knew that I was keen to maybe just like see how I was going and come back I was really open to the fact that like I would return to hockey if everything aligned, like if my body felt good, if the twins were settled and fine, if we had the help and it wasn't stressful. Like I was really clear that like the boys were the priority and you just don't know like what the needs of your mm-hmm. baby are going to be like, right? Like yeah. some some babies need you around a lot and some, some babies are okay with that space from you. And so, yeah, we just took it really slowly. I went along to some training sessions um in like June July and then before I knew it I was like into it playing international hockey oh my goodness 
And so in my mind now, I'm thinking, what does playing sport <laughs> at that level, having twin boys who are, you know, under one, like how do you juggle all of that? And like what does the week look like for you guys? It's like it's, it's busy but it's doable. And I think the biggest thing I've had to be okay with is that my training becomes most of my knee time um, mm. in the sense that like because we're getting you know whether it's Marcus looking after the boys or like grandparents helping out while I'm at training it just means that like there's less time in the week where I can then be like oh and I also want to go to this or see my friends or whatever mm. and that definitely has been something that's quite hard to like sometimes it bothers me and sometimes it doesn't like sometimes I'm really okay with the fact that you know that training is my me time because I've got great friends in the team I really enjoy like pushing myself and ultimately we're trying to qualify for the Paris Olympics next year and so yeah sometimes I'm okay with that and then sometimes like god I'd love to go like get my nails done but it's like mm. I don't have enough not credits in the bank but you know there's just not enough time in the week if I'm also choosing to go play hockey so mm. it's been a big it's been a big like uh, mind shift for me I suppose but yeah, I'm incredibly lucky. Like Marcus is, um, he's been in that environment before. He played for ten years, and so he understands why I want to be there and and what it kind of takes. And so we're also really lucky that all of the trainings, because hockey is like a semi-professional sport, they're all outside of work hours. So that might just mean that like Marcus has to come home from um work a little bit early, or we've got sessions on a Saturday morning. So I'm pretty lucky that I can actually get to most of the sessions without too much mm. um juggling from everyone but yeah I've definitely also had to like be okay with the fact that sometimes I turn up to trainings and I'm already exhausted <laughs> like I'm just like zapped from the day because I've been looking after the boys all day and so yeah it's definitely like changed my mindset and my focus about a few things but I think ultimately it's yeah it's really helping grow me as a person that's for sure <laughs> That's such a nice way to look at it. And I think it's part of that like whole becoming a mother and that like shift of like you realise all of a sudden you don't have the same freedom to just do whatever whenever we, like like you used to. And and that's so fine, but it's also like there's only so many hours in the day and you have to pick and choose and you can't do everything. And if you try, it almost kind of ends up combusting on you because you don't feel like you're doing anything well and I think we yeah. all kind of go through a little bit of a phase with that and then realize right okay I need to prioritize right now and I can't do it all oh a hundred percent and like I also think it's like probably really normal to feel like you've actually never got that balance quite right like yeah. I think things are just going to take front and back seat sometimes and you kind of just have to be like okay with that and sort of you know ride the way whether it's like your work and your children or, you know, your sport and your children or your hobbies and your children, like, sometimes, you know, like, the kids might have to take a backseat for a day or a week or something because work's really busy. I'm like, that's okay because, you know, like, work probably makes you a better person or it might actually just be, like, you know, financial means, like, and you need to work to make sure that you can support your family. And I think a lot of us, I know that I definitely do feel guilty if, like, you know, it is the kind of the twins that take a back seat for a day or a week or whatever that is. But I also know that like hockey and having the freedom to play it and push myself in that environment makes me such a better person. Like I come home feeling like 
tired from training but also yeah. just like refreshed and um yeah I I really appreciate that I've got the space to be able to do that because I think it makes me a way better mum and it's it's so true right like I think we all feel that guilt but like you come back and you're so refreshed and you're so much more present because you're like I don't have all day with you anymore I've got you know a a little bit less time so I'm really going to be present when I'm with you and someone I think I was maybe a podcast I listened to once and it was like don't the advice was something along the lines of don't sit around to watch what your kids achieve but like go out there and show them like you smashing your goals basically because they're gonna watch you and learn from you and I was like that's such a nice way to think about it it's like you don't have to stop wanting to achieve your goals like because your kids are gonna see that and then they they want to be like us and they look up to us so that's like something really cool to be able to say to them one day is like hey when you guys were nine months old I went back to professional sport and then (laughs) hopefully went off to the Olympics the year later you know yeah I really like that I think that's such a good way to look at it like everyone's just so different right like some people really just like thrive being you know at home and and being in the home all the time and that's totally okay too but you just have to kind of figure out what makes you tick and then make sure that you um yeah are supported to do that absolutely and so with the boys at the moment what I would love like you mentioned that they're kind of starting to recognize that they have this other person there that's like their forever bestie like do you see a lot of that like kind of twin interaction like what are they doing at the moment like how how are their have they got quite different personalities I'd love to know what they've been up to really (laughs) yeah such different personalities um and it's funny because they kind of have like you know, like they change a little bit as they grow, but I feel like where they're at now, I can't imagine them changing too much. Um, Fred, oh, he's like a bit of a destructor. Like he was moving first. I think he was crawling at like seven months. So he's just been like here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Really like social, like loves lots of people. Louis definitely like a bit more cautious. Like someone will come into the room and he'll give them the side eye for a little while. And he <laughs> um, took a little bit longer to move. And so like he's just done. Um, he's loving just like chasing his brother around that he can crawl to but yeah it's funny those first like four or five months you're kind of like guys do you even know each other exist like you are just sort of like parenting two babies and at that point it's really hard to see how this is like a fun thing to do you're like oh my god like when are they gonna like entertain themselves or like have a little moment that makes your like heart melt but yeah in the last couple of months they've like definitely they definitely know that each other is there and it's honestly just been such a game changer like I feel like I can leave them in our like little living room with some toys and sometimes they can play with each other for like 25 minutes while I'm in the kitchen and it's those things that make you really like appreciate having them both and you're like oh god I couldn't leave like a single baby in there for to play by himself he'd be like where's mum but Sometimes yeah. they honestly just like forget about me because they, they play by themselves and it's so cool to see. Same mm. with like when they're in their cots, like Fred can kind of stand up and like lean over and look at Louis's cot and they just laugh and they laugh and they laugh, which I think has been a bit detrimental to our sleep because they don't feel <laughs> quite as easily anymore. But it's like Marcus and I sometimes just lie there because we can hear them from our room and we're just like, oh, oh, so nice. Like, yeah, it's really, it's real cool to kind of see them bond and, 
um, yeah, very different babies, but they just make each other laugh so much at the moment, which is so cool. That is so cute. So how do they quite often like wake each other up in the night or are they kind of pretty similar in terms of sleep? I, yeah, because um, <laughs> and I just blows my mind how they get like 10 babies to sleep in the same room, but like that's you every day. I know. Like, <laughs> sleep been a funny one. I reckon um, we slept them in the same cot from like newborn age. And so I honestly think that they're crying is like white noise to each other like <laughs> the only time that they'll wake each other up is if they're kind of coming out of a sleep cycle at the same time and the other one's crying otherwise uh, I don't know one of them could have like a full 10 minute meltdown in the middle of the night and the other one's just fast asleep and their heads are like less than a meter from each other so it does blow my mind a little bit um but yeah it's more like I think when they're starting to try and settle down for a nap or, or at night time like they can be a little bit disruptive to each other. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cute though. Like them just giggling at each other. Like you'd kind of be like, oh, go to sleep. But at the same time, like this is just so, so cute. Oh, that's exactly it. But yeah, it's it's a funny one because obviously like in the early, in the early days and from quite early on, like you're supposed to try and, you know, take their sleep cues and figure out like who's tired at what time. But Again, like I think a real common thing with twins is just to try and get them to do the same thing at the same time. Because if you're napping at different times, like you'd absolutely never leave the house. So yeah. unfortunately, I, I think it's a bit rough for them sometimes. Like one of them's probably like so overtired and one of them's probably like, I'm not ready for bed yet. You know, here's your nap time yeah. and like all the best everyone. <laughs> oh, but you've just got to do what you've got to do. And like the thing is, is like they're so resilient, right? Like they kind of just get in that whatever so someone's been woken up early or going down a bit late like they actually are so resilient I have to remind myself that because I get so like sometimes caught up in the routine and then we'll have a day when the routine does not happen and Louis absolutely fine I'm like why do I stress myself out about this oh and I'd be the same again like if I only had one baby to deal with I reckon my approach to everything would be so different like I'd be yeah. I don't know. I just don't have time to like worry about half the stuff that I reckon I would if I only had mm. one baby because I just like am trying to get through the day <laughs> unscathed, you know, like, and so yeah, I think it's just been such a blessing. Like, I'm so, I'm such a more relaxed mum than I thought I would be. And like, sometimes it probably bites us on the ass a little bit with things like sleep and, you know, just being a little bit unsettled. But ultimately, like, they're two such happy little boys. So yeah, I'm, I'm, lucky that they're teaching me how to be a much more patient and relaxed person oh that's so cool and I'm thinking because obviously with starting solids and all that sort of stuff there is so much mess and clean up and prep like what was that how has that journey been going for you with the boys and like you've got a nutrition background so I'm guessing you've kind of like is it something you've quite enjoyed or maybe not <laughs> you know what I always like from years ago I was always so excited for starting solids I was like just couldn't wait like I did some extra study um when I was at uni and like maternal and pediatric nutrition and yeah I was real pumped like I followed lots of um sort of like baby nutrition pages for a while and I reckon I got like two or three days into starting solids and I was like shit this is not what it's cracked up <laughs> like it was nice to have another thing to do in the day but wowza like the prep, the clean up, the like 
trying to figure out what each baby is into or not into mm-hmm. and like be okay with you like going to all this effort to put you know like prepare something super nice that like absolutely no one wants to eat a bite of like yeah it's been like a way different journey than I expected I think I'm starting to get a bit more into it now that they're like um eating a few more like sort of solid things and kind of um yeah they're definitely their appetites are, are a bit bigger than they used to be but at the start I was like oh no I was just so excited for this and <laughs> I am not enjoying it I felt exactly the same. Like I thought <laughs> a letdown at the start. I was I had been so excited. I probably started a little bit too early because I was so excited. And then I was like, this is not at all what I imagined. But in saying that, now, ever since like maybe we got to like ten or eleven months and Louie just really like kind of started eating within reason, like everything that we could, um, that's when I started to love it because it wasn't all this extra thought around like having specific meals and like making purees and like it just became kind of like what we would eat in a day like I I don't know I feel like there's this you're probably like going through that shift now and it's like all of a sudden you're like oh now this is a bit more fun like you're getting more into it you actually eat it rather than just like make a huge mess that you have to clean up it's yeah totally yeah 100% like there's a starting to be able to kind of eat more of those foods that we would typically eat. Like I remember trying to make like a chicken puree in the first couple of weeks and it was like chalk and I was, and they didn't want to eat it. And I thought, you know what? Fair enough. That looks terrible. I wouldn't want to eat that either. And I always thought I'd be a mum who like, I was really like, I'm going to use no pouches ever. And like, God, that lasted all of about two weeks because when, when you go to all the effort to make the purees and nobody wants to eat them, you're like, oh, bloody hell, let's get out of the packet. Like, it's just so funny what I thought that I would do versus what I do do. And I feel like there'd probably be a lot of people in the same boat. Like, kudos to you if you're someone who's been able to, you know, maintain the whole foods approach. But I was like, wow, you know what? A, pure, a, pouch, a pouch every now and then isn't going to kill them. And it's actually just going to, like, <laughs> make my life Oh, much easier. Oh, no, 100%. And because you, like, <laughs> you spend all these times making these random purees they don't eat, and you're like, well, I don't want to eat that. That's literally going in the bin. Like, that's such a waste of food, you know? Like, some ra- – yeah. Oh, I literally just cleared out the freezer the other day, and I had, like, this whole tray of, like, beef and broccoli, which literally looks like small curds and smells <laughs> horrendous, and then the chalk chicken puree that no one wanted to borrow. And I was like, I can't even think of anything to do with this. And it was just such a waste. And I was like, no more, no more wasted food. We're not doing that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I can. That is so funny. But like on the nutrition piece then, I feel like you would have a lot. Like how, what was your kind of like go-to food for yourself when you were in that like early postpartum and even now, like kind of like what's your go-to sort of meals for yourself when you're busy? but need know how important it is to kind of eat good food especially like even like early days pregnancy recovering from birth and breastfeeding like how did that look for you to be honest in those first couple weeks I was literally eating what anyone put down in front of me and I used to be someone who was like quite particular and quite fussy about food like I love I love eating lots of foods but you know I always kind of wanted to be making sure I was getting like really good sources of protein and fiber and all that stuff and then in those first couple of weeks when I just like I just didn't have the brain capacity to even think about food and so I was so lucky like 
to have my sister and um, you know parents and grandparents just like bring us food because I'd honestly just forget which sounds terrible but we were just so busy trying to like just yeah figure out life with the boys so the first couple of weeks it was like whatever anyone dropped off was like in my god straight away um we were really I'm really lucky because I work at my food bag um we've used that pretty much we still use it now even while I'm on maternity leave and I honestly think it would be like one of the best um and I'm not just saying this because I work there but it'd be such a good gift to give to someone because Mm. it just means that like like a subscription whether it be like a month or a week or whatever like if you're going on with a group of friends because it just means that we've got food that's like delivered to us every week it's young it's like nutritious it's varied I don't have to think and yeah yeah, we're so bloody lucky so we've been using that a lot but in terms of stuff that I'd make like I find that um I really try and make sure that I've just got like something with good sources of protein prep so like a real classic that I kind of always try to have in the fridge or um, make once a week is like a frittata with like some roast veg or some leftover veg or anything like that because I can have that as a meal, I can have that as a snack, this is a little slice and so yeah I just try and find like really protein rich and fibre rich things that I kind of um, can be used as like a snack or a meal Um, Mm. and I think like in terms of snacking I reckon I've really tried to change my mindset about kind of like what a snack is like. Like I think, you know, a snack can be a small meal. So if you've got some leftovers from dinner, there's no reason why, you know, that can't be a snack, Mm. um, you know, mid-morning or or mid-afternoon. And often it probably like offers so much more than like your typical kind of snack foods anyway. So, yeah, I just say like, broaden horizons in terms of what those snack foods look like and and think about some like real really nice protein rich foods you can have in the fridge one of the things I've been thinking about whilst I've been prepping the boys food like for example I think I made them some like chicken meatballs the other week and I put like liver and collagen and like all these beautiful like you know really nutrient dense foods in them and I thought Mm. Christ this is more nutrient dense than my own food like I'm literally creating this like this food that is so good and so like just think about some of those like you know like if you're someone who's doing baby lead wedding a lot of those snacks like some gummies that you might make with gelatin or those like Mm. collagen rich like meatballs like they're actually a really great snack as well and just because like you know we make them as baby food you know have it have it um serve two purposes like it can be your baby's dinner and it can be your snack as well like we don't need to just reserve the fantastic nutrition for our babies so I think we're so good at doing that for them and then sometimes we like you know don't nourish ourselves as well as we could oh my god I couldn't agree more with that like I make Louie these little banana blueberry muffins that you know they're just literally like banana oats egg cinnamon I'm trying to think what else blueberries but they're super plain so he has that for like snacks, but I was, I'll have one for a snack. Like that's all, you know, like yeah. the point of like, I make him all this food. Why wouldn't I not eat it as well? Like, why am I reserving this? A hundred percent. Like I almost kind of like, yeah, I don't really make too many foods anymore for the boys. That wouldn't be like, you know, something we'd have for dinner or I'd add mm. my lunch or I'd add as a snack. Like, God, don't waste time in the kitchen, you know, like make sure that it it fits everyone. I think it's such a good idea. What I really want to know, though, is did they eat the 
really delicious chicken, collagen, liver, maples, or did you end up eating all of them? <laughs> you absolutely know that they didn't. That was the time where I was like, you know, I spent all this time prepping them, and I was yeah. like, they're going to love these, they're going to love these, and then they just all ended up on the floor. I froze most of them because I was like, right, we're going to come back to these in a few weeks. Yeah. I'm not wasting them another time. So fingers crossed that, you know, on the second or third time they get through them, but that was one of the things that they just were not interested in. I was like, guys, <laughs> the effort. <laughs> oh, it's so frustrating as well. Oh, there's some great tips. So I think that's like so true about the snack thing. I haven't thought of it that way before of like, actually, why does a snack have to be what is advertised as like snack food? It could literally be a small meal. It could be anything. A hundred percent. And I'm also someone like, I'm quite a big eater. Like I've got a big appetite. I'm an active chick. And like, if I have like they're serving like a snack size of popcorn, that is not even gonna touch the sides for me. Like, yeah, it's like salty and it's yum, but like I'll still be hungry in ten minutes after my popcorn. So then I'll inevitably have another snack, another snack, and another snack, and then I may as well have just had like I may as well have just had some yogurt and some cereal or some like leftover, you know, like chicken meatballs from dinner, like whatever they are. So mm. yeah, I kind of like I just go for like something that's way more satisfying and is actually going to tide me over to the next meal rather than something that's just going to like continue like I'm going to continue to graze for the next three hours <laughs> it's so true the snack I've never understood and like I'm sorry if people enjoy this is a handful <laughs> of nuts I'm like oh what <laughs> and also would love it way rather just like a big spoon of peanut butter than a handful of nuts Maybe my mum is one of those people and it blows my mind she'll have like six almonds she's like mm, you know like the almond mum trend from tiktok yeah. like her six almonds and she's like oh no no i don't need anything i've had my nuts and i'm like lady that would not even touch the sides for me i do not <laughs> understand like i just i need i need something that's like with a bit more carbs a bit more protein like some yeah. fiber in there i need it all to actually feel satisfied <laughs> 100% like mm, here's my five nuts now I'm so full I'm like I've just worked out more of an appetite chewing those nuts because they're so crunchy yeah. <laughs> um what would be some advice you would have for like someone who is maybe about to have twins or someone who is in the thick of it postpartum with their twins that you think is something that you've learned you'd want to pass on Oh, I think just being really open to help and asking for help and receiving help. Like, I know you've probably heard that a million times and lots of people say that. But I, again, I was someone who like really thought I'd just be able to do a lot of it by myself. This was before I had a baby. And I now in hindsight realise that it was a ridiculous thing to think. But yeah, I just had to like really change my mindset and be really like enjoy having people and hands around me and just like really surrendering to people doing things for me I'm quite yeah a very stubborn person a very independent person and just like ask for help make sure that you um you know receive it if it's there if you aren't someone I I really feel for twin mums who don't love near family I think that must be incredibly hard so I'd say like really reach out into your community and join your multiple group in your um, region. There's always, um, yeah, multiple groups around. We were also really lucky that um, we had a twin mum in our area who like started a smaller group with maybe like 10 or 12 of us. And we just have like a chat on Instagram and we can ask each other questions or get reassurance because, yeah, as much as it's still like, it's still having, you know, 
two babies like it's just so different from from having one and I think it's really hard to connect and understand um with people who maybe haven't been that through that before so like find people through the same experiences and just make sure you really like reach out for all the help yeah I think it's something we we always hear but because it is actually like the best advice whether it's one baby two babies three babies like I was the same like I was like I don't need help I can do this and even in that fourth trimester I was like no nah, I like I've got this all under control but I'm like even if you do it's just so much easier if you accept help you know like oh a hundred percent like it's just it it makes your experience so much more enjoyable because you've just got more space to kind of like be a bit more present or, or look after yourself as well like it just makes such a difference the other thing I would say is that like lots of twin mums when you're in that I reckon the third and fourth months they always say like don't worry it'll get better and like it absolutely does I remember really struggling around the three or four months mark I think it was when you know they go from being really sleepy newborns to needing like a full 45 minutes of settling for their sleep Mm -hmm. and I just have again like such vivid memories of me like being at home by myself and thinking, okay, like, who's more sleepy? I'll pick you first, settle you first, like, rock the other one with a bounce with my foot, keep him happy, put him down like a grenade, hope he doesn't wake up, grab other baby, spend 45, you know? And it just felt like this hamster wheel of, like, how is this ever going to be changed or be different or be easier? Like, it was it was really hard for those, mm-hmm. like, kind of that three, four months mark. But, you know, like, now looking back, yeah it does it does get easier like it gets busy and it gets more chaotic but in such a more enjoyable way so if you're in that especially around that three four five month mark like know that it does it gets really really cool eventually (laughs) oh no I think that's yeah such such lovely advice and so true with the whole twin thing like I'm sure people say to you like oh like oh it's been so busy oh but I can't complain because like you've got two which is and I'm sure you know like one baby sure that you can be busy and it's hard but I think until you've had two like it's just like it's it's just such a different kettle of fish and like you wouldn't even know it because you haven't had just one baby but I think that's what you said like so important to have a community of other twin mamas who actually like really understand what you're going through and what it's like oh yeah it, it makes such a big difference and a lot of those mums and those that twin community they'd already had uh, a baby prior to their twins and so mm. just like having having mums with the confidence that kind of like know what to do you know with with the baby and then like applying that into a double situation I don't know mm. I'd also say like I always feel really bad when people kind of like feel like they can't complain or say that you know like having mm. a baby's hard because having one baby is damn hard like I've seen it in my friends and like even when I've just got one of the boys the other one's I don't know asleep or with Marcus like it's still hard you're still like completely responsible for the life of a little human and teaching them how to sleep eat like do all those things like it's so tricky I think yeah it is it is just different with two but like know that just because you've got one doesn't mean that's easy it's definitely not Mm, mm. no that's so nice I have loved chatting to you I've loved hearing all about Freddie and Louie and your duty, your postpartum, what it's looked like, return to sports. So thank you so much for coming and chatting and all the best for the rest of the year. And yeah, just super, super fun to chat with you. Thanks, Sam.